0: Hello and welcome to A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicle's podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host today, Chronicle writer Matt Kawahara, and today we're joined by Chronicle A's beat writer Susan Slusser, who's sidelined with an injury right now, but talks about the spring training battles that she'll be watching over the next couple of weeks, how the A's might use their 26th roster spot this season, and how exactly she came to fracture an ankle playing ice hockey. All of that next on A's Plus. Our guest today on A's Plus is usually our host. It's beat writer Susan Slusser, who, as you've probably seen or heard by now, is back in the Bay Area and on the injured list for the moment. Uh, And Susan, maybe you can just tell us what happened.
1: Well, it's a little embarrassing. Um, So I wrote a story this offseason about the um, explosion of women participating in hockey. And uh, I got a bunch of people from this Women's League in the Bay Area, which is awesome, saying you should come out and play with us. Um, so I did. <laughs> and thus, broken an ankle. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I know how to ice skate. Uh, I love hockey. I've loved hockey my entire life. It's my second love or maybe tied for top love with baseball. And, um, yeah, the uh, everything was going great for about three hours. And then uh, trying to stop a breakaway, I maybe went a little too hard. And my skates went out from under me and literally wound up twisted underneath me so um yeah they had to skate me off and i realized it was broken the second i felt it rattling um as they were skating me off
0: yeah that's never a good sign
1: not super fun no so uh yeah uh i'm out for a uh, surgery tomorrow thursday i'm not sure when people are listening to this but thursday surgery and in a cast for a month walking boot for two or three weeks Um, so I'm hoping to be at the opener, at the very least on crutches or an e-scooter or something like that and um, fingers crossed I can be on the first road trip. If not, Matt Kawahara is doing a phenomenal job filling in actually kind of putting me to shame, Matt I have enjoyed your stuff so much. You've written like some great stories. Eric Martin's the Josh Fegley stuff. I know you've got a fun one coming up on Lucas Lukey, um, who's really an interesting guy. Everything's just been top notch. So I know everyone is in good hands with Matt Kawahara. And since I've now broken a bone skiing in January and then playing hockey in February, I think I might dial it back with the winter take it easy now. on the
0: winter sports for a bit.
1: yeah our editor john schultz has told me no dirt dirt bikes in my future so uh, uh, yeah
0: maybe uh put that put that in the contract someone um but meanwhile the the a's are uh still doing some stuff in mesa um and i guess to start off just kind of what are you going to be interested in seeing shake out over the next few weeks uh before the team heads up to the barrier there's a couple of camp battles that are have been going on and are still uh, pretty undecided. Um, I guess uh, one of them being second base where there are quite a few candidates uh, coming into the spring is is before you took off uh, to go back up to the Bay Area, was there anybody who had stood out to you there? And, and how do you kind of, uh, as as it is right now, how, how do you see that maybe shaking out?
1: Well, I kind of assumed that Tony Kemp is going to be the guy that winds up with the bulk of playing time at second base, and he's done nothing but – uh, you know, hit uh, since I left, he looks he looks phenomenal. So the yeah. A's need to balance out the lineup with a left-handed bat. Uh, he seems to be swinging it well. So that you know that with both Barreto and Mateo being out of options, it winds up being kind of a battle for maybe a backup spot in the right-handed if they want a platoon there. And right now, that looks pretty darn even to me. Um, if you want a speed guy, Mateo's your guy. A guy that can also play shortstop. If you want a guy who's, you know, been around the organization a little bit longer, has some big league experience, unlike Mateo, uh, I think Barreto and hitting, you know, this is a one spring where hitting actually might matter. The A's always say spring numbers don't matter. In this case, it, it might a little bit. One guy's hot and one guy's not. But I will tell you, Matt, I have seen so many scouts this spring who are essentially camping on the A's for a week at a time here and there watching both guys Whichever one the A's can't keep on the roster is going to get snapped up. Now, there's that 26th roster spot, man, roster spot, which potentially, you know, they could use to kind of hide hide one, keep both of them. But I just don't see it the way things are configured right now. They'll have a four-man bench, so you figure that's a backup catcher, and we can talk about that in a second because that's equally interesting. Um, Then probably, uh, well, uh, Chad Pinder, obviously, he's a he's a no-brainer. And then with Steven Piscotty out, Seth Brown has got to be a pretty big consideration. He's hitting well. And then you've got Vimele Machine, the Rule of Five draftee, if you want a left-handed hitting type utility player to go along with Pinder and somebody who also can play all those middle infield positions. So uh, they're going to lose probably one of those three between Beretto, Mateo, and Machine. And uh I still couldn't handicap it. If they choose Seth Brown, they'll lose two of the three and uh yeah, it's fascinating. It could go right down to the to the very end.
0: Yeah, I mean we saw I haven't seen a whole lot of uh Beretto since I've been down at I was, you know, in Vegas for the two games there and um and then I've seen a couple of games uh so far in Arizona and yesterday they were out in Glendale playing the White Sox and uh campus Camp started at second base. Uh, Mateo got to start at shortstop, and Mateo had a really good day. He was uh, he was three for four. He had three singles, including one uh, with the base load. And then there was one play where, I mean, obviously, like you said, it's one of his calling cards is his speed. And he w- he was on first base after a single pickoff throw over got uh, it scooted by the first baseman. It didn't go super far down the line, but I mean, he popped up and went first to third um, w- on a play that. Maybe not a lot of runners would even try uh, going to third. But he he said afterward, I mean, there was no question in his mind. He sees the ball get away; he's going to third base. Um, And you know, Bob Melvin said after the game that that's just kind of one thing that one club he has in his bag that not a lot of uh, not a lot of players do. Um, So he's pretty electric that way. And then, uh, but what you said about Kemp, I think you know, I've seen we've seen Kemp play a good amount of second, and and Bob said that there's going to be other players that they're taking a look at there, but uh, but yeah, right now I would agree that that Kemp looks like a, a front runner. Machine's interesting. Did you see much of um machine before he got here? He played third yesterday and he made a really nice kind of a there was a ground ball, sharp ground ball to his left, um, and he made kind of a sliding play, popped up, spun around, and threw to first. And uh, I guess. He doesn't maybe have the most range wherever he's playing. Yeah, but I there, noticed you quoted Bob Melvin say that,
1: which made me kind of laugh. I was like, "Hmm, I'm not sure that's the that's the kind of encouragement." Yeah, that, it was kind we'll of see.
0: a backhanded compliment. He doesn't have the most range, but when he gets when the ball's in his area, you know, he'll, he'll make the play. Uh, and he's got. <laughs> I what,
1: think I, I remember think them saying like, stuff like that about like Jack Cust. So. <laughs>
0: Well, maybe that's the baseline and then you can go up from there uh, but i guess what they like about it is he's got uh, a pretty advanced uh pretty advanced bat pretty advanced batting eye um but yeah the, the with the candidates what do you think is is the potential for them keeping a, a guy like machine who's doesn't have a defined role but he can do a lot of different things
1: well you know i think the difference will be, you know, Seth Brown is out of options. So if that's a choice, like, say, Seth Brown versus Machine, the A's like to be flexible. That that mm-hmm. gives him, that, just that alone gives him an edge. Uh, you know, obviously they like the left-handed bat. He looked really good at first base the other day. Now, they've got tons of guys that can play first base, obviously, and hardly anybody is going to get a shot because they've got Matt Olson. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he does look like he's got a clue um, defensively at, at various different positions. And he mm-hmm. can hit, so uh, it's that's it's just gonna be fascinating. Now with Mateo, if the A's valued speed at all, I would say that might making him a little bit more of an intriguing candidate when you're looking at him versus Barreto. But they just don't value it, so I love it. You know, I really wanted him to be healthy last year. I thought saw him as a potential September call-up who could, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe be a pinch runner off the bench. But then he was hurt. Mm-hmm. But I, I just don't think the A's. That's, that's just not. They like it, sure. But all things being equal, I don't think that that's going to be a tiebreaker for me. It might be, but yeah, they don't. Sadly, they don't listen to me. I don't get it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Seth Brown. I, Seth Brown is off to a great start. Like you said, I think he was he was hitting above four hundred until uh, until just recently. He had, uh, was leading the team in RBIs. Got some extra base hits, um, and he was a guy who. Well, hit 37 home runs last year at Triple A, and then got the late call up. And I think he had something, something around 70 plate appearances in the majors, and didn't have a home run. Uh, but one, I, I, you know, talking to Eric Martins, the assistant hitting coach, who was in Las Vegas last year, he said the the emphasis for Brown when he got called up last season was more just putting together quality at bats. And you know, he said there may have been a little bit of, there may have been a little bit of. Pressure that Brown felt, even though he wouldn't admit it, to to you know deliver that first that little bit of power <laughs> that he showed uh in Vegas, but it it just didn't happen. From what you understand, do you, do you, are you pretty confident, or are the A's pretty confident that you know if they keep Brown, that kind of can translate over? Or at least he can you know contribute to them offensively.
1: You know what? Even if he just gets on base and he hits doubles, you know if he hits balls in the gap and is getting on base that they're fine with that. They've got plenty of thump in that lineup. You know, if you're looking at, like, a fourth outfielder type guy, phenomenal. Uh, and he did contribute. He didn't hit one out. We were all a little surprised. But, you know, we do know Vegas can skew numbers. 37 mm-hmm. bombs is 37 bombs, 100%. Don't get me wrong. Even if you take a crazy park factor, you know, he's not playing all his games at Vegas. Uh, PCL is a is a hitter's league. But that is a tremendous, you know. He he left he left Vegas in August, so uh, it's a it's a heck of a year. I I think they feel like it's there, it will come out, and certainly lots of guys go for a long time without uh, hitting a homer. You know, not everyone could be Tommy Malone and hit one in their first at bat. <laughs> uh,
0: the they do have quite a few outfield options, and and that's one thing that that Melvin has stressed a couple of times. But uh, I I. From what I understand, uh, as, they, as they are right now, the hope still is that uh, Stephen Piscotty might be back for opening day, or at least early in the season. But if he's out for a while, where, where do you see them potentially going in that spot?
1: Yeah, that's why I think Brown, you know, they don't have to add Brown to the roster. But if Piscotty's out, that's where I see, you know, Brown as a potential um, for making the roster. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if Piscotty's back, then that gives them – You know, even more of a potential crunch uh, and machine probably isn't a consideration at all. You know, they got to get Pinder Mm -hmm. on there. They got to get Grossman on there. So, uh, you know, those are two guys that are then you kind of look at as the. it's interesting. You know, I've asked a couple of times with Piscotti when Piscotti is healthy. What do the A's do on a daily basis? They love Grossman. Um, he does get on base. He actually is a better defensive player than I think people realize. He had really good metrics defensively last year. Uh, so, finalist, wasn't he? Exactly. That might have been yeah. a little bit off, but uh, still <laughs> better than I think what people figure. But would they go, you know, if you look at their three best overall outfielders in terms of hitting and defense, you, you could certainly argue it's Piscotty, Loriano and canna. Uh, do you platoon one of those guys? I don't I don't really see how you do so that's that that's gonna be a question for the regular season and I've asked a few times and uh, I, I, I think my the answer I usually get is we really like Robbie Grossman I love Robbie Grossman too so somebody's platooning or he's given guys ba- days off um, you know on a fairly regular basis because obviously they're gonna most of the games are going to be against right-handed starters.
0: Mm-hmm. There was a question, pre question yesterday, just about if, you know, depending on what Piscati's situation is, is there any consideration of maybe moving Loreano over to right field and having Canna play some center? Um, and Melvin said that's an option, but not really something that they're, you know, is at the forefront of their mind right now, even though, like you said, Canna is very versatile and, and has, you know, they like having his bat. In the lineup, and if I mean in a pinch, Kemp has played the outfield, um, which could help with his you know uh, his his roster versatility spot. So uh, I I believe he's played some center in the past. Although uh, Melvin has also downplayed that a little bit as, as something that they're not. Super uh, invested in, in seeing him do at the moment. They want to see him play a lot of second base.
1: Um, yeah, I think it's that makes just sense. Just another option. Yeah, yeah, they've got a lot of good outfield options. It really is a strength. It, I loved Loriano and right last year. Uh, and I, I like Cannon center. I never thought I would say that. Man, he's re, he really opened eyes with how well he played center. He actually probably runs his roots in center better than Laureano does. He you know He can get turned around. Uh, a little too often. Um, I would be intrigued by maybe even trying Loriano and Piscotti on the corners. Piscati's also a very good right fielder. Um, I don't know if you could necessarily say Loriano's better in right. Piscotti is probably overall a better, the better player and certainly more experienced. But, man, I, <laughs> Loriano's arm in right, for me, is uh, that's a really nice weapon. It's good in center, um, but... Uh, I guess these are one of those good problems to have. Is put, if Gascotti's right. healthy, uh, they have a lot of good outfield options. If he's not healthy, they still have a lot of really good outfield options. Um, you know, we talk about Seth Brown. Look at all the other good outfielders they've got at Triple A. That is one area where if the A's, you know, do wind up having some dings over the course of the season, and they will, they've got a lot of people that, you know, they could bring up the hot hand at any time, a little bit like they did last year when they called up Bolt and then they called up Brown.
0: Yeah, you did a, a, a Dustin Fowler piece uh, also, as who's another guy who's trying to get a roll back and and Bolt. Um, he he was uh, scratched from the lineup on Sunday in Vegas. Uh, Bob said he had a bit of a, a hamstring issue going on, uh, but I think that is all good now. He was um, he came into yesterday's game as a backup and uh, legged out a triple late in the game, so I think <laughs> he's, he's probably yeah he's probably doing all right at this point, but is Fowler, do you think, possibly in the picture, or is Bolt uh, one of the guys who's kind of maybe passed him up at this point?
1: I think a lot of guys have passed him up. Um, but you know what? I, things can change so quickly just based on performance, and I think Dustin talked a lot about figuring some things out last year with Eric Martins. Uh, he cha- You know, he's actually added more power. He wasn't even really considered much of a power guy. Uh, he's he's a good outfielder. I think he's gotten over the little bit of trepidation it seemed like he had after that horrible knee injury he had. Mm. But he's definitely kind of down the depth chart. It will be up to him to climb back up it. If not, you know, there's still I think there's still some interest in him out there. He's young. He's 25. He's not certainly not out of um, prospect range yet. He was you know once one of the Yankees' top prospects. That that goes a long way I think with with other teams. So. I really thought this off-season the A's would package up one of their outfielders and maybe throw in somebody like a Mateo or a Barreto or a Fowler, uh, and bring in either a veteran catcher or a more veteran second baseman. Um, you know, somebody left-handed, preferably or a switch hitter. Uh, easier said than done. Obviously, the A's uh, I'm sure explored all sorts of things along those lines and didn't, but. I do see Fowler as a guy who's certainly very good depth now, but also could be somebody that, that uh, might make a nice piece for somebody in a trade if they're looking for an outfielder and, and lots of teams are.
0: You're listening to A's plus. We'll be back with more in just a moment with Susan Slesser. Well, you mentioned uh, catcher. So let's kind of pivot over there for, uh, for a minute that, um, sean murphy made his spring debut a couple days ago he said he's feeling good everything's good in his return from uh from the knee procedure that he had last october um so the question there is really who's going to be his backup uh between jonah heim and and austin allen um all three of the 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 primary catchers are, are rookies so there's not going to be a lot of experience back there but um in the heim uh Allen dynamic what what have you what have you noticed so far what have you what have you seen from those two candidates for the backup job
1: well coming into the spring it looked pretty clear-cut Austin Allen's the guy that's going to hit and Jonah Himes probably the better defensive catcher um, those things are probably true but it's a little more that's a little bit more of a sweeping generalization than I think is actually the case Austin Allen has done better behind the plate than I think uh, people might expect he's really improved I did a story about him Last week, talked to a lot of people from the Padres. Um, and I, I, he has really, really worked to improve. And I'm told uh, his Triple A coach said if he gets even 300 at-bats in the big leagues, he's going to hit 20-plus homers. This is a guy who is a very, very polished hitter and could contribute offensively right away. Jonah Himes, a big target. Uh, the A's development people absolutely love him. He really improved a ton last year. Really coachable. Um, and maybe the better receiver. So I have a feeling that's a spot where we might see a little flexibility this year. I think we'll see both of them at different times they need a, more of a bat, if one of them's hot, if one of them's not, if somebody's struggling at the big league level, uh, I think we could see kind of a, not ideal, I don't think you want a yo-yo situation with your backup catcher, uh, and also the A's are going to be careful with Sean Murphy, Obviously, they were careful this spring, you know, he doesn't get into a game until March 2nd, after that knee cleanup, he had a lot of knee problems last year, uh, that's the cleanup, uh, I, I still would have liked to have seen them Add a more veteran left-handed catcher, you know, Stephen Vogt, somebody like that would have been perfect. They didn't. I wouldn't entirely rule it out. At this point, they're very happy with all these young catchers, and they should be. These are all really exciting guys, and you should hear the way the people at the Padres talk about Austin Allen. It's like, wow, kind of surprised that this is a guy we let go. So great options, but going back and forth and back and forth for a backup catcher. It's going to be hard for anybody to get into a rhythm with the pitching staff or into a rhythm at the plate. So uh, I do, I I wonder how this will shake, shake out. And uh, you know, for the A's, maybe if they're good at catching a guy who's hot at the right time, maybe it's great. They're very good at that. Um, But with young guys, sometimes that can misfire a little bit and you can affect people's confidence and, uh, you hope that that doesn't wind up being the case. But, you know, hey, this is an important spring for both of them, and one of them needs to show that he can catch as well as anybody else in camp, and one of them needs to show that he can hit at a big league level.
0: Yeah, and we we did a, a Heim story last week, um, and I think that one of the big questions that uh, some of the Ace Development people said that they had with him originally was just whether he was kind of energetic enough to yeah, they they got him he was yeah. kind of yeah he was a little bit laid back and and they thought maybe he didn't have a sort of a, a high enough motor he wasn't that engaged behind the plate or, or in the whole the whole catching process but last year um he i guess made a, a lot of strides just in, in sort of the pregame game planning and preparation side and then also his numbers when he got up to triple A especially hitting wise were were really good and uh this spring uh, he had three hits yesterday i think his average is up around 4 50 uh in the early spring going and while you know he doesn't maybe have that power potential that that Allen has uh they they like him as more of a gap-to-gap guy and as you mentioned he's a switch hitter um do you think there's any possibility i mean with this 26th uh, man now is there any chance that they could carry three catchers or is that probably not in the picture
1: boy i think that's something that we see in in september i just don't see how that they how they would do that maybe in a pinch they could do that but Mm-hmm. Oof. you know especially with one being yeah, left-handed definitely. one and one switch you know i yeah. don't know it, it seems unlikely plus you, these are guys you want playing every day if they're not up at the big league level
0: sure well the uh, with some of the news that came out yesterday was uh um, regarding aj puck uh one of the you know prize young left-handers along with lizardo that's supposed to be helping to 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 bolster that A's rotation this year. I guess he was shut down for what Melvin said after the game yesterday, which was Tuesday, was that uh, Puck has some mild shoulder soreness. Um, They had shut him down a couple of days previously, and they were thinking it would be four to five days before he could start throwing again, and uh, then they would start ramping him up again. But this being the first week of March, they took it really easy on him in the first couple of starts that he had he threw one inning and then two innings because uh, i guess they were you know hoping to bring him along fairly slowly but what does this mean for his uh his timeline in terms of getting ready for the season if if he's not necessarily starting over from the start of spring but if he's just maybe now going to be getting back to throwing at the end of this week what what does that does that put into jeopardy at all his sort of availability for that first week of the season and, and how how does this affect things for the age rotation?
1: Yeah, that's uh, a little bit of an unknown. I, you know, when, when I first, uh, you know, saw you tweeting about puck, I thought, Oh no, you know, everyone obviously thinks that initially because of what he went through last year, you know, he, he had a tough time and, you know, he had a little setback here and there with, with returning from the Tommy John as he, as he was rehabbing. This sounds really minor. Um, essentially, it's missing probably an outing, maybe two. I think he can still be ready for the regular season. Uh, but there's no reason not to have him maybe start off in the minors, have Chris Bassett take that spot for a week, maybe two weeks, let AJ kind of, you know, get into the groove of things. And, and uh, uh, you know, it's... I, I don't. It's it's not the worst thing in the world if that's the way they go. I, I still I've got to think there's there's a decent chance he's ready for the regular season. Uh, he'd be probably fifth in the rotation anyway. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's a it's a good question. As I think everybody's probably just thinking like, well, good he's okay. <laughs> that's that's really yeah. that that's the uh, that's the main thing. It's uh, yeah.
0: Melvin said it was five days is nothing. They're going to be precautionary, and that's kind of the yeah. main. The main uh, focus for them is to just make sure it doesn't turn into anything else. But yeah, it's, it sounds like you know they they don't think it's it's anything serious, and it could help, as you said, for the beginning of the season solve this question of what to do with Chris Bassett. Yeah, because he's. I mean, this is a guy who started 25 games for him last year, and uh, doesn't have a, a a sort of defined role on the staff. And from from you, from what you've heard, uh, talked to him about, or is he open to kind of doing whatever? They ask of him, even if he this ends up being sort of a hybrid thing, where he he may spot start every once in a while, or be in the bullpen and come in following an opener, if that ever happens. And is he is he open to this kind of thing? And how do you think they might uh, they might use him?
1: Well, he is such a good soldier. I, I have to say, Matt, that man Chris Bassett has matured so much in the last two years. Uh, initially, when they were talking about him having kind of a hybrid role, he get when he ca- came into spring, and he you know he was like. Uh, you're probably going to be a reliever. You might be a starter. We don't know. He he did not dig that two years ago. Kind of popped off a little bit. As the season went along two years ago, he kind of started to get it a little bit more. Stopped fighting it. Um, started to have better results. And then last year, he really embraced anything they wanted him to do. And I think he's in, We're we're going to win this and I'm going to be a part of it. And I don't care what I have to do. He's very vocal. He's definitely a team leader sort. He's also sort of a clubhouse clown. Everyone really loves Chris Bassett in there for sure. And he has a tremendous attitude. So uh, I you know, looking at the schedule, that fifth spot, it's the first game against Houston, <laughs> the Coliseum. Fairly high-profile game, I'm guessing. There's going to be a ton of national media there, uh, I would think. If AJ Puck's a little limited at that point and maybe starts in the minors and Chris Bassett goes there, Chris, Bassett, Chris got, Bassett's got some attitude. He's got some bulldog. I don't hate him in that spot. I really don't. I I could kind of see it. Then they have an off day later in the week. You could use that to kind of play around with a rotation. Uh, I think they de- general, generally are going to want to give everybody the extra days they can. But some of them, like Fires and Montas, might not necessarily need extra days off. So they could... They, from there they could kind of maybe you know uh, move things around or whatever they have to do to get things back in line but uh yeah i'm not i'm not sure that's the worst idea is if puck is a little behind uh, you know have chris chris Bassett go there i know his feelings about the astros he's talked about them several times on the record and i would <laughs> like to see him pitch against them
0: yeah you know and you wrote a story not too long ago Just about the uh, the options that they have For an opening day starter Do you have any guesses or any sort of uh, Predictions on where they might go With that there's there's several options That they could use and, and obviously that's A turn that's going to be coming around against
1: Houston too Yeah you know what it's uh, That's another one where Man they could just I think Bob said You would, you could toss all five of their names in the hat And, and whoever you picked you'd be fine uh, True true statement but they don't want to back up the three lefties. So, if, say, um, theoretically, the two rookies are at the back end of the rotation, which is what what you would probably imagine when you look at things like seniority and experience and blah, blah, blah. Uh, that means Shamaniah might not be somebody they would consider. I, w- I would normally say Shamaniah. He's got the longest tenure on the team. He had that phenomenal September after working his butt off to get back last year, which they didn't even think was going to be possible the year before. So, I kind of thought it would be him. But if you don't want to back up the three lefties, then your choices are Montas and Fires. Uh, I could see Montas was probably their all star before he got popped for Peds. Also, he got popped for Peds. So, I don't know. I'm not necessarily. I don't think the A's are going to look at it as, is this a good look or not? But there might be people that look at it as, is this a good look or not? So, uh, I don't know. That's probably not going to be the. Determining factor, but it's not going to help him. Let's say I, I don't think, uh, which leaves Mike Fires. Now the thing there is, if Mike Fires opens pitches on opening night, he is facing Houston the next week. He I talked to him about facing Houston and do the A's need to skip him? You know, is there going to be too much emotion, too much focus? Is that a distraction? Will he be distracted? Absolutely not. He he said to win this division, we have to face. Houston. I wanna pitch against Houston. You know, it's uh honestly, hey, rip the band aid right off. That have him go against Houston in that series, it's at home. Uh and and then it's kinda of over with. So for me it's fires. I I don't know. Just looking at all of that, if you don't want to back up the lefties, etc. I would say that's that's the way way to go. But I honestly it could be either either one of those three. If you took it if you were going sheerly on talent alone, it would be Jesus Lazardo, so
0: He's looked really. I mean, he he had the start in Vegas, and he looked very, very sharp.
1: He's ridiculous. <laughs> he's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he is going to be in. If he's healthy, he will be in the Rookie of the Year race for sure, and he could win it. And he could be an All Star. He's just that phenomenally talented. Yeah,
0: that's. It, I mean, he's up around ninety seven, and I think the way that Melvin put it as the game was some uh, that there are not a lot of guys who have pitches that are all. Plus pitches, and if one's not working, you can just kind of fall back in the other <laughs> ones. And if he, he's a, if he doesn't have one thing working, he's got a couple of other options that he can just go to and still be a very, very difficult guy to face. Yeah, um, and
1: one of the things I like is it's not just that the stuff is off the charts great. He knows how to pitch too, and he loves he loves that element of it. So he is thinking right along with the catcher. He's thinking right along with the hitter. And uh, he has no problems trying to just kind of pulling stuff out to try to surprise somebody. He is he is really fun to watch. Um, so yeah, if you're going straight talent, it's not going to be him. I don't think the A's are going to be careful with his starts. They're saying there's no limitations on innings, limitations on Lazardo or Puck, but they will get the extra days when they can. Um, I'm not sure that they. You know, you want the guys to, as Fire said the other day. You want the guys you want making the most starts, pitching the first few games. Absolutely, that's true. If you look at it that way, you want Lizardo pitching one of those of la- one of those first few games. But I think they would probably rather have him make around twenty eight to thirty starts rather than say thirty five starts, just to yeah. make sure he's still a hundred percent healthy going into the postseason and, and uh, full strength.
0: Well, is there any other? Uh, are there any other sort of questions that you are going to be? Things you're going to be keeping an eye on. A little I'm going to be usually. keeping an
1: eye on everything, um, assuming <laughs> assuming I'm not too completely drugged up in the new, next few days. But yeah, it should be a fun a fun spring. Um, I think you're going to really enjoy it because it's such a good clubhouse. There's it's such a an exciting team, and if people aren't kind of. Um, hearing about this yet uh we are double teaming the a's this year we're double teaming the giants with um john shea who's done a lot of a's in the past but we won't won't be seeing him much if at all this year he uh, he and henry shulman will be in giants and matt is coming along Full-time on the A's, we will double-team to maximize A's coverage uh, because they're going to be phenomenal. They're going to be really exciting, really interesting. The division is nothing except for even more interesting this year with all the Astros hoo-ha and the Angels are now so much better. Uh, So uh, welcome aboard, Matt. It's so great to have you. I think this is going to be an absolute blast for all of us.
0: Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. I'm sure there will be plenty of joint podcasts throughout the season. Yeah, What's well, you know uh, where to
1: find me the next couple of weeks.
0: I'll be bored. <laughs> so well, the team will be heading back up your way uh, fairly soon. But uh, Susan, thanks so much for uh, for joining us on A's Plus today. <laughs> we should uh, we should do these joint podcasts again.
1: We it's shall. It feels very yeah. weird to be the guest, but it was a blast. Thanks, Matt. Right, well,
0: thanks. Our thanks again to Susan Slesser for joining us on A's Plus. Our producers today were G. Allen Johnson and King Kaufman. We'll be back again next week on A's Plus. Thanks for listening.
1: A's Plus is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Support A's Plus and all of the Chronicle's journalism by signing up for a Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com pod.